How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, JC. And I am your co-host, Tim. Guys, tomorrow we have something I've been waiting for for quite a long time, because it has been a while since we've seen John Bones Jones fight. Three fucking years. Three whole years. The GOAT has not been in the game. The GOAT. The one that everybody knows as the greatest of all time. The one man that nobody can beat. Unless they are disqualified. Hmm. He only he, has... That's his only, like, loss. The, his only loss so, is that disqualification. So when we're going to talk about John Jones's accolades and stuff like that, it's immeasurable, honestly. Like, the dude was a collegiate wrestler. He uh, did Greco-Roman. That was one of his main styles when he first came in. And Greco-Roman and, is a really good style to learn for self-defense. He, he's the youngest champion ever in the UFC. And that... At 23 years old, he was already the champion. That is a feat. He's not... Now, he doesn't hold that anymore because there is this new person who is, like, I think, like, 17 or 18 now that signed into the UFC. So he, he doesn't hold the youngest... He, he Technically, he holds the youngest champion, but he's not... I don't think but Bo Nickel is 18 years old. He's actually fighting on the same card. And he has the opportunity to be the youngest champion ever. If he's good enough to do it. And everyone thinks that he is. But like I was saying, his accolades. He's beat Shogun Rua. Or Hua. He's beat Rampage Jackson. Uh, he's DC. DC. He beat... Uh, Stefan Bonner... Chel Sonnen. Chel Sonnen, fucking... And guys, these names, uh, I'm not a big DC fan. I truly don't like the way he fights. I don't like the way he talks shit. But you can't dispute the fact that he's a champ champ. But, yeah, eh, boring champ, I guess, whatever. Another champ champ. Uh, I don't... two belts. That's cool. I don't like DC. I truly just don't like DC. Like, I can't deny that his ground is not good. It is good. He's a very boring stand-up fighter, and he doesn't have, like, them power hits that I like from heavyweights and shit like that. He's not a heavyweight. He's a, uh... Who, DC? Yeah. Well, actually, he was originally a heavyweight, then he went down to light heavy, and then he went back up to heavy. Yeah. But, let's put in Chel Sonnen now. A a real fighter. Chel Sonnen is a bad dude. Or at least he was at one point. Yeah, at one point, but he even admits that he was on roids at that time. He was on performance enhancers. Okay, so now we have a good fighter who was on roids and was still beaten by John Jones. Easily. Like, not even just beaten, like, fucking defeated mercilessly without care. Like, Jones, like, whenever you look at Jones' accolades, when you look at the list of people he's beaten, every one of the names are good people in the UFC. Every single one of them. Now he beat fucking uh, Alexander Gustafson twice. He beat Daniel Cormier twice. Alexander, okay, Alexander Gustafson. At one point, that was John Jones' biggest fight. It, it was, in general, the one of the biggest fight in UFC history, because for the fact that he was a good fighter. Alexander Gustafson is a good fighter. Dude, dude had some good fucking kicks on him. He was able to fucking dip and weave. He was he had some good combos on him. And, I'm, and John Jones was able to take him down. And I'm not just going to completely gobble John Jones's dick. Like, he has things that fucking he does wrong as well. He's not a perfect person. Nobody is. He, like, for instance, that first Alexander Gustafson fight, he fucking, well, a lot of people thought he lost that fight. A lot of people. I don't... 
Uh, it, I, I truly don't think he lost that fight. I, I think it was a good fight. He was fighting a really good fighter, but in the long run, he came out on top. And Cyril Gan, who his who he is fighting on uh, uh, Saturday tomorrow. Yeah, March fourth. He's fighting him tomorrow. Uh, Jones, if you guys didn't know, he took a three-year layoff to gain some muscle, some weight, and move up to the heavyweight division. And I think just to take a break for a sec. And now he's fighting for the title after a three-year layoff. Damn. Now, one question I want to ask you first of all is, do you believe in ring rust? Okay, so, guys, I am a fighter. And I am not saying like a professional fighter or I have a fuck ton of amateur cage fights under my belt. But since I was a very young age, fighting has always been an obsession with mine. It's something I've always studied and it there's still in my life aspects of fighting that I need. Okay, so not too long ago an embarrassing thing happened to me. I got beat by someone. Someone I didn't think I was going to get beat by, but you know what? I have to give him the respect he deserves. But you also got to say it I was, was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well. Now, guys, when it comes to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I think I'm good at it. I'm just not great. And here's the thing. Tim asked me, do I believe in ring rust? When I fought that guy, it had been years and years and years since I... Okay, I can't say that many years. It, it had been a long time since I was in a Jiu-Jitsu class. To where I was wrestling other people. Jiu-Jitsu is not like stand-up fighting. Stand-up fighting, you can practice a lot when it comes to shadow boxing, when it comes to your speed bag, when it comes to your heavy bag, your kick bag. You know, you have shit you can do. But jiu-jitsu, it's sadly one of those things that you need a partner when it's, you do. And it's kind of like chess. Like, it's not something that you... Like, some people can. I'm not going to say it's not something that you can't do, but... For the most part, about 90% of people, you can't just go into a wrestling match or a jiu-jitsu match and instantly, like, you're thinking about what you're going to do and then you do it. But, like, it's stand-up fight, like, you think, I'm going to throw this head kick whenever he ducks or something and it's going to land. Well, or in jiu-jitsu, just, well, I'm going to fucking hook in his leg as soon as he moves this way, but... There's nine different ways to move out of every single move in jiu-jitsu. See, I, I, I kind of disagree with that. I think that stand-up has the same amount of difficulty as ground. But I think the easiest thing about stand-up is you don't need fully need a partner sometimes, whereas jiu-jitsu you do. So, well, I'm not trying to say that jiu-jitsu is more difficult. What I'm trying to say is that it's more complex. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. I'll, I can give you that one because as complex as stand-up is, there's just a lot more shit you can do on the ground. And I don't know. That's a tough one, guys. Let me know what you guys think about that one. Which one, which one is more complex, your ground game or your stand-up? But the original question, do you gain rust? I truly think so. I truly think there's a lot of things that you can gain rust. Now, with guitar, with a bicycle, with shit like that, you don't fully forget it. So, me going out there and wrestling someone right now who doesn't know how to do anything, as an average day Joe person on the street, I think I'd eat them alive. I would fucking tear them up on the ground. But where I fucked up was I took that mindset, even though I know not to, I took that mindset and I brought it to a dude who does it every single day. He goes to competitions. He actually fucking does shit. Whereas I strongly practice my stand-up, and I don't have a partner to practice my ground game. So rust is an actual thing. Now, here's what scares me about the rust thing. It has been three years since John Jones has been in the cage, so that, but he trains every day. So by asking that question, I was actually leading up to another question. So, Cyril Gang, he has used to heavyweight. He's acclimated to it. He's fought heavyweight ever since he very first started. So, John Jones, his two main, or his three main people that have given him some real trouble, Alexander Gustafson in that first fight, Tiago Santos, and Dominic Reyes. But those are and all those, three incredibly good fighters. In those three fights, those three people just so happen to be around the same height and weight as Jones. And those were the only three fighters that he's ever really fought that were around the same size as him. And they were the ones that gave him trouble. 
So, knowing that information, whenever he moves up to someone like Cyril Gain, who's considered the fastest heavyweight and has only lost one time to Francis Ngannou to his wrestling, how well do you think Jones will match up, like, weight-wise, like, body-wise, whenever it comes to Cyril Gain? Well, here's what I think. I think, for one, it is going to be a fight. Guys, I think we are going to see a fight. A true, genuine fucking brawl. But, as you know, as I know, from a fighter's standpoint and from a avid, avid UFC watcher, we have both seen John Jones does something special every single fight. Now, and what is that, that champion mentality? What is that special thing going to be? We don't know. Is it going to be he takes his elbow and breaks through a guard <laughs> and fucking destroys someone's face like he normally does? We don't know. Is Cyril Gain going to take him to the ground and John Jones going to get be able to get back up or reverse it? We don't know. But here's what we do know: something special is going to come out of John Jones. It is inevitable. It happens every single fight. Even when he's losing, he pulls something out of a fucking hat and wins. So I'm going to go back to like GSP as an example. GSP took a five-year layoff. He completely retired from MMA for a while. And then he said, fuck it. Exactly what John Jones did. He was on a streak. He was a champion. Fucking everybody worshipped his nuts. And then he stopped fighting. And then he came back, moved up a weight class, and beat the champion of that weight class after everybody thought he was going to lose. Well, when we're talking about George St. Pierre, we got to put in the same fact on John Jones. George St. Pierre is one of those fighters who are just, he is an incredible machine when it comes to fighting. So what I'm saying is like, GSP in that fight, whenever I was rewatching that fight, he had a little bit of ring rust. You could tell. He was not as fast as he was, but then again, you could say that was because he had more weight now. And he's been not fighting for five fucking years. Five years but, is a long time. But still, GSP was doing very well. Even for not have been fighting for that long and fought against Michael Bisbing of all people. Well, it's not... And I don't, and I know ring rust is a thing. I truly believe in it. But also, I believe in it more from a standpoint of people more like amateur fighters who don't have the money to still afford to go out there and train when they're not fighting. Whereas towards St. Pierre, John Jones, they have that everyday training. They are pretty much still fighting. It's not like they're not just, it's not like they're just working out. No, they're going in there and they're still fighting people who watch people from the UFC. They still have trainers, you know, they still have sparring partners. They still work out like they're still in it. And with someone like George St. Pierre not fighting for five years, that doesn't fucking matter. It's George St. Pierre. He's going to come in, do what he was trained to do, and leave that cage. And so, here's my opinion. I do believe in ring rust. I... It's people for next door. Oh. I, I do believe in ring rust. But, I don't believe that it's as significant as a lot of people say. Like you're saying, most of these fighters that people are saying, well, the ring rust is going to affect them... These fighters work out every day. They still fucking practice every single day. They fucking... Their mind's still in it. Even if their body isn't in it anymore, their mind will still be in it. And it's not like they just completely forgot about everything that they ever fucking learned. No, they just gotta get their body active again. And then, boom, it's gone. And plus, John Jones has been training with Michael Jai White, who is, in my opinion, the most perfect martial artist you will ever fucking see in life. Now, guys, before we go into more of John Jones, because there's still some things to talk about John Jones, I want to go into Michael Jai White a little bit. So, Michael Jai White is considered, in my opinion, Bruce Lee is my inspiration, and not just for the cliche fact that it's because... Bruce Lee is one of the most diverse fighters I have ever seen. And there are a lot, of, a lot of other people. There are like Jackie Chan, there are fucking uh, Tony Jaw, like Scott Atkins. There are some amazing fighters out there. But the top fighter, I think, is Michael Jai White. He is the most complex, the most diverse. His technique is as perfect as you can well, get it. Let me ask you a question. Who else do you know 
even Tony Jaw, even Jackie Chan, even Scott Adkins. Who else do you know besides Michael Jai White that can kick a fucking hole through a bag? Well, the only other person I can think of is dead. I don't <laughs> know if even Bruce Lee could. No, I do think so fully. I truly think Bruce Lee had some of the most perfect technique. And he even came back from being paralyzed almost. But Michael Jai White, when you think about a man like that... When I think about someone who, like, gives me the heebie-jeebies, like, thinking about, like, what if they just snapped one day? And you were just so happy to be, like, in their path. Yeah, Michael J. White's that one dude just, I would rather fight Jackie Chan and Tony Jaw at the same time than fight Michael J. White. He would literally kill you in one hit. He, If he were to <laughs> go into the UFC, I truly think he would not lose. I don't think there is anyone in the UFC that would be able to fucking, uh... I just don't think there'd be one to be able to do anything to him. I think he would win. I think he would move up. He he could be. He's one of those fighters that I think could do good in any division. Light heavyweight, lightweight, middle, like fucking just you know heavyweight. Just no matter what division is he's in, I think he could take the belt for and all. I think even if it was just regular MMA, boxing jiu-jitsu, whatever it is. He's gonna do great at it. And, and I Dude get it. Is a, he's a perfectionist. I get it, though. Like The reason he doesn't do fighting, he said he doesn't want to mess up his actor face. Uh, he gets paid a lot more from acting than he would in the UFC. Like It's a money move. And I get it. He's not like... He likes the art, but he doesn't actually want to you know, fight for it. And I'm not saying anything bad against him. Uh, some people just don't like doing that. I mean... But I think it would be something special to see him in the octagon. But, moving on, like, what we were talking about. Michael Jai White is a bad, bad, bad motherfucker, perfectionist. Like, he has trained with everyone that you can think of. He's training John Jones right now. Not only that, but John Jones is also in a camp right now with Henry Cejudo, who is a gold medal Olympic wrestler, and was the bantamweight champion who beat fucking uh, Demetrius Johnson. And that's a hard feat, guys. Demetrius Johnson was a really good UFC fighter. He's very fast. And according to Henry Cejudo, John Jones looks better than ever. And I mean, <laughs> coming from him, that's something I definitely would believe. Yeah, like, he's not one of them people I just take everything he says with a grain of salt. Like, no, there's a reason he is where he is. Now... <laughs> There's a lot of UFC fighters that I feel like could have better trainers, like uh, Nate Diaz. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey, for sure. Absolutely Ronda Rousey. I That's think the worst trainer ever. I think her boxing coach fucked her hard on that shit. Uh, she was not ready to go out there and box against fucking Holly Holmes, a world-class fucking kickboxer. No, you don't just go out there and do that shit. Yeah, definitely not a fucking Amanda Nunes. Uh, Amanda Nunes is another one who... She is one of my favorite girl UFC fighters. When it comes to the women's division, she is one of my favorites. Amanda Nunes is my favorite girl division fighter out there. But luckily, John Jones got a good camp. He got a really good set of trainers. So, in John Jones's word, if you've watched the uh, interview and shit with him, so he basically put it like this. Two months before COVID started and all that shit, he bought a bunch of workout equipment. And whenever COVID hit, he literally just stayed in his house all the time, worked out and trained. So this motherfucker has been training for three years hard. Three years straight. The baddest motherfucker on the planet when it comes to the UFC has been training hard. <laughs> he has time to think. He had time to get his mind right, get out of the fucking shit that he's been a part of for the last few years. Dude's mind is cl clear right now. Here's, like, I have full confidence that John Jones is going to walk in here and possibly just straight up rail Cyril Gaon. Now, Gaon has been fighting, and he's been doing really well. But after his fights, he has to take some recovery time. Gaon has 12 fights professionally ever that's it yeah 12 fights professionally ever he's 12 and 1 right now he lost to francis Ngannou. whenever francis kept taking him down and just holding him there 
and Francis had an injured leg during that fight as well. John Jones is a much better wrestler than Francis Ngannou. He's a much better fighter. Yeah, just He's in not, general. See, Francis has that power hit. That That's one thing about him that impresses me, is when that dude hits you, it, it's going to feel like a fucking semi smashing you. But when it comes to his straight-up fighting, and I don't take... Here, here's how I see it. Me, when I look at a fighter, I don't just look at their wins. Obviously, yes, in the UFC, wins are something. But when you're just getting wins because you're knocking people out, yeah, you're a bad dude because you can knock someone out, but how is your fucking combos? How's that striking? How's that kick? Well, that's what I was building up to. And by the way, Cyril Gaon's striking is actually pretty good. He has really good like, striking. He's, he's quick. He's He has fluid. some combos on him. But so whenever we are putting paper to paper... Cyril Gunn on paper, John Jones on paper right next to him. John Jones professionally has 14 wins in the octagon, or 14 champion wins, like in championship fights. Cyril Gunn has 12 fights ever, and only one of them was ever for the championship. And that means John Jones literally fought more as a champion than Cyril Gunn has his entire fight career. I have full faith in John <laughs> Jones. I I legitimately have full faith in John Jones. And guys, I can't describe how how excited I am to see this fight happen. Like, it, but, it's gonna suck waiting all the way until fucking midnight and shit, but dude, I am pumped. So, something else I kind of want to dive into, like I was saying earlier, there's like three people that he hasn't did that well against. So, my main one is, I got a question. How well do you think Tiago Santos would have done if his legs would have been injured during that fight? If his because legs... Because in that fight, John Jones, he was getting in some good leg shots, oblique kicks, but Tiago Santos was catching him. Imagine if Tiago Santos' legs were actually not fucked up. Well, in my opinion, Tiago Sanchez was one of his hardest opponents. I think he was one of his hardest opponents for the most part because he he's an incredible fighter and it's not just that he's a good fighter dude's a veteran he's one of them vet fighters you know Tiago Santos has one of them faces that's just scary He well he's been in the UFC for a long time he has a lot of fights under his belt and in my opinion when he does retire he should go into the Hall of Fame he in my opinion is a Hall of Fame fighter the, he is up there with Anderson Silva, Forrest Griffin, all of them. Now, Thiago Santos, in my opinion, almost beat him. If Thiago Santos's legs wouldn't have been fucked up, it Jones might have been a different literally fight. had to get carried out of that fucking octagon. Yeah. Imagine if Thiago Santos would keep landing those leg kicks all throughout the fight. That was a fight that honestly truly scared me because I did not know what was going to happen. And then we have Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes gave John Jones a true run for his money and then he got hit with the Johnny Bones Jones curse the curse that all fighters get gifted upon them at some point in their career when they fight John Jones don't understand it but for some reason it happens it literally happens to all the fighters that fight John Jones John Jones will beat somebody even if it's a close fucking victory even if it's a decision win then that person that gave John Jones the GOAT a run for his money will lose. Like, three times in a row. It happened to Rampage Jackson. It happened to Shogun Hua. It happened to Rashad Evans. It happened to Leota Moshida. It happened to fucking, uh, to Alexander Gustafson. Guys, Daniel Cormier. It literally has happened to every single person that has ever fought John Jones. We mentioned some of these names, but you know what? Tim just... Remind me of someone. John Jones beat, hands down, one of the greatest UFC fighters to ever walk in that octagon. And if y'all don't agree with me, I don't really give a shit. Leota Mashida. That dude is a fucking all-star legend when it comes to the UFC. That's another fight. In my opinion, Leota Mashida was kind of winning in the first couple of rounds. It makes sense, though. And then Jones' corner was like, hey... Mix it up, throw a Superman punch. And then Jones threw a Superman punch, it landed, and then instantly he got into that fucking choke, and then, well, we all know what happened after that. Leoto and she'd hit the floor. <laughs> and guys, 
you got to understand that's a hard person to beat. Leota Mishida is not just some newbie. He is not just some scrub that you can just fucking come in there and beat. No, that was a fight. You're talking about a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You're talking about a black belt in Taekwondo. A black belt in Karate. Fucking Leota Mishida is one of them people that also has fucking crazy amounts of accolades. He is, he, again, he is a Hall of Famer UFC fighter. He is a true veteran when it comes to the sport. John Jones was able to beat him, though. And, like, he didn't just... And, like, I say... I say, I feel like I say this a lot. But when Jones finishes somebody, he doesn't just finish him. He embarrasses them. Uh, Rampage Jackson had never been finished in his entire MMA career, and that's including Pride. That's including UFC. Any MMA that he ever did, never been finished at all. Then Jones comes in there and taps him out like it's fucking nothing. <laughs> a lot of people don't give Rampage Jack- Jackson a lot of fucking credit, but no, that was a bad motherfucker back Rampage time, Jackson dude. was a bad motherfucker, but even more bad of a motherfucker was Shogun Rua. That was literally... At one he, time, Shogun Rua was the deadliest individual on the ground. He beat Shogun Rua at the beginning Hua. of his career. He beat him at 23 years old and took the championship. And at that time, that dude was still murdering people on the ground. I mean, he had some good stand-up, but he was the deadliest fighter on the ground yeah, at one he point. Was, he was the champion. Shogun Hua was at one point considered the deadliest man ever on the ground. Just like, uh, what was his name? You know, Randy Couture? Mm-hmm. He was also considered one of the most deadliest people in the world. In the world. Now, do you think that... Jones could beat Khabib. Are they the same size? Or like they're the size right now and they're just before, fighting in before the Jones Before Jones got all that muscle. John Jones. Like John Jones as a light heavyweight champion against Khabib yeah. Nurmagomedov as lightweight champion? Yeah. Jones. Jones bigger. Jones faster. Khabib's wrestling is better than Jones. Oh, significantly. But Jones is a better fighter in general than Khabib, which means I think Jones wins. Jones is able to do the things where he gets into your guard. He breaks through it, and no matter how the fight's going, he figures it out. He, he just he, he figures it out, and that's what I like. Uh, I... I'm excited for this fight. I'm just I'm so excited to see because there's been a lot of good fights in these three years, but it really sucks when you don't see someone that you rooted for, that you went to fucking like B-dubs for to see, just, you know, someone that truly just grabs your attention when they fight. Every John Jones I've ever seen, every John Jones fight, it's always just one of those fights to where it makes you stand up. Makes you get out of your seat and you're just like, fucking end him! You know, kill him! <sighs> I've learned to really never doubt John Jones. Like, every time I have a little bit of doubt, he always somehow pulls through. But there was one time in particular, I think his second to last fight. What was his name? His last name was Smith. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can't. Kevin Smith. But anyways, it's you a bald dude. Imagine he was out there fighting Kevin Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bald dude that was like covered in tattoos, and like he was on a run, dude. Like he was on like a ten fight win streak at the time. He was on a run, just running and plowing through dudes like it was nothing. He was talking shit about Jones the whole way up. He was just like. Yeah, like, he may have fought people before, but he's never fought anybody on my level. And then Jones went out there and mercilessly tore him apart. And that guy after the fight was just like, yep, he's he's the real deal. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I have no... I'm going to put money down on this fight still. Absolutely putting money down on it. It's fixed, by the way. Uh, uh, I called their manager. I was like, hey, have Jones lose on this one so I can win a lot of money. And it was like, yeah, totally, it can do. So, yeah, I'm going to win a lot of money on this one, hopefully. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. I hope no one outbids me. Dude, now Jones loses. They're going to be looking at this podcast like, 
Well, um, we should probably check that guy out. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know, guys. Let us know what you think and who you're rooting for. Do you, who do you think is gonna win? Who do you think? If you say anyone besides Jones, you're obviously nuts. But who do you think is gonna win? But uh, that's the true question. Like, if you do say Cyril gone, you're wrong. But who do you think is gonna win? But you'll be wrong if you vote for anybody besides Jones. But guys, <laughs> it is about that time. I'm gonna tell you right now. It is about that time to uh, step out into the wonders of the great outdoors. This is weed of the week, where we smoke weed during the week. Ow! I hit my toe. Hit my fucking toe. My toe fucking hit. God fucking damn it. God shit, it's cold out here. I'll tell you what, it's fucking cold out here. It's <laughs> fucking Colorado for you. Alright, you hold that while I light this up. Hey guys, I want to know something, because there, there's, there, there's this book out. <coughs> and he's a really, like, high-level uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner. But he thinks that marijuana helps you while you fight. It, it helps you through your training process. It, he thinks that while you're high, you fight better. Who is that? I, I cannot remember his name. You can look him up. He actually wrote well, I know Nate Diaz says that. He, and Nate Diaz. He wrote a book. And he, he doesn't fight in the UFC or anything. He is just a really good jiu-jitsu practitioner. What do you think, though, about weed and fighting? Well, I think it mellows you out. I personally wouldn't smoke a bowl before a fight, like on purpose, because it makes me too mellow sometimes, I feel like. But it makes me zone in on whatever I'm thinking about. Like, it makes me more focused on whatever I'm doing. makes me more calm while I'm doing it. Therefore, I'm able to think a little bit better. So I can see it benefiting you. <coughs> For me, I'll say right now. I can't fight drunk. I cannot fight drunk. When I am drunk, I it's as if I don't know what I'm doing. And that guy that he's telling me about, I'm not a fighter by any means. And, well, he'll tell you that. I'm a person that doesn't like to, like... It's not, it's not that you're bad at fighting. It's not that you're spectacular at fighting. It's just you know a little bit of what to do, and your brain is really smart when it comes to piecing things together, so you were able to... T- self-teach yourself some things so that guy he was telling you about he is he actually does competitions and stuff he's a black belt he, and I, and he, he is a black belt and i was telling him beforehand i was like yeah this guy's legit like be careful before you wrestle him like be prepared but i didn't think the fight was going to happen so i was drunk we were watching the fights i didn't think anyone was going to fight there was other people there i thought everyone was just chilling i get fucking drunk then all of a sudden i hear hey James and him should fight. I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll wrestle. And I'm just like, I'm fucking, I'm hammered. Like, this is not going to go well for me. And then people are putting money down. I was like, oh, that's not good. But that guy was, uh, he, he was good. We all got drunk one night, and this was before he came over that one night. And we were all wrestling, and everything he would put me in, I would just immediately reverse it. And I would just put him in whatever position I wanted to put him in. And it came to like kind of a stalemate, but it was obvious I won pretty much. No, yeah, and, you... then, and then the night that he's talking about, uh, we were all sitting there. And he started talking shit. And then all of us just like, hey, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. My cousin's like, didn't he beat you? Like, <laughs> just literally like, if anyone should be talking shit, to be him. So Tim kind of loses his edge when he's drunk fighting but he can still fight a lot better than me drunk so that's another thing do you think you fight better or worse drunk oh worse definitely Ooh, it's getting chilly out here we had to step outside guys a little bit to smoke and uh, we're right by the lake and it's just it's, it's chilly i'll tell you that it's pretty chilly but one of my favorite places to smoke is definitely by the lake. And I fucking love smoking by the lake or on a dock. This shit's amazing. I'm burning the shit out of my hand just now. It happens. Burn your hand. Nope. You know. But, so, to really, like, 
to really say this, I, I think that I fight, if not better, but the same when smoking weed. Like, it, I no. feel like it doesn't truly, it doesn't win me, it doesn't, like, j- cloud my thought. It kind of lets me think almost a step ahead. Now, one thing that I truly believe is that if I was on acid and somebody walked up to me starting some shit, I would piece them up like a puzzle. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Acid. Like, I literally... And it's not like... Um, normal people just like, well, everybody thinks they're better whenever they're high or whatnot, but acid is not one of them drugs where it disorients you to that point. No, you still are aware of what's happening to yourself. It's just psychologically, the things that are going on in your brain are changed. They react in a different way. So you'll be able to form new thought patterns, and you'll be able to connect new neural pathways and think a way that you never thought you could before, and you'll be at one with your body pretty much. Okay, so... So whenever you're doing acid or something like that, and you're doing a movement that you've done a thousand times before or something, you do it in a slightly different way, in a way that kind of is different from what you do, because your body kind of naturally is like, wait, why do it this way whenever it can be done the this perfect way. way to do it would be this way? And for some reason, your mind and your body act as if they are distinct completely up. And well, like a lot of people would think just, well, you think that you're just better at doing that because you're hot. But the acid just makes you <coughs> legitimately think better. <coughs> I, don't think, I don't think it's like a drug that you take and all of a sudden... No, it's not like... Okay, there was this kid from our school who was one of the worst fighters I've ever seen in my life. I'm not going to name a name, but he was, without a doubt, one of the worst fighters. And, like, we even went to the Y one time, and we were with another dude, and we were, like, trying to do this, like, training thing, uh, training day. Dude couldn't learn anything, no matter what you did. And then he got cocky and was like, well, let me wrestle you and see how how well we do. That was one of the easiest fucking fights I've ever been in. But if he were to take acid, I don't think it would help him. No, I but believe that your mind has to already, already kind know of it. be on that path. Yeah, you already. I think you already have to know it. Like when you play guitar, you sound. No, there's no way I can just pick up a guitar without knowing how to play guitar previously, yeah. and then because I'm on acid, I'm just a fucking savant. At it. But when you play guitar, you have a different tone when you're on acid or shrooms when you play. Because my mind changes, it might, those new neural pathways fire off. It sounds, it, I'm not saying it sounds better, but it sounds different. It, yeah, it, di- different. For sure. Well, whenever, that one thing I was playing at one night whenever we was in my bedroom and like I just picked up a guitar out of nowhere. And no, 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 that, that was outside on the porch. And it was folky. Oh, well. It sounded great. But I started playing uh, what that was, I started playing that, and my brain kind of just switched into a different mode. I don't know how else to explain it besides that, but it was like someone flipped the switch in the back of my head, and then it's just like, you know what, why play in this style whenever I could do this? And my body just naturally did it because I was thinking that way. Yeah. It wasn't, I was forcing my body to do something, I was thinking just what if it sounded like this and my body was just like, okay, I got you, bro. <laughs> so when I was out there on acid doing uh, stuff with the katana, I felt as if the katana was moving itself. And I was just simply holding it. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It just so, it felt like it had a mind of its own. And I was able to do new stuff. And now to this day, I can do that stuff without acid. So, so what he's talking about, we were in a driveway at nighttime. And you know those old school green lights that people have out in front of their driveway? My neighbor had one of those uh, in their driveway. And it was kind of like glowing in our direction. So you could like see our shadows and shit on the other side of the And the driveway. way the moon was hitting. So I was like facing the light. And James was like in between me and the light. And he was using some katana moves and shit, and it looked literally like Deadpool because of the, uh, I had, like, tracers and stuff going on, like, mad tracers, because we were on, like, what, four hits of acid at the time? I think it was three or four that day, yeah. And every time he would swing it, it looked like an anime. It looked like he was literally Deadpool, like, swinging his sword and blocking all those bullets in X-Men. 
and it's not just that we were high, so that's what we were seeing. Because, yeah, I get it. I mean, we've been down the rabbit hole of psychedelics enough, but the thing is, we've been down it so much, even before that night, we can still comprehend what a trip is and what's real life. Yep. Guys, when I'm drunk, I can't fight. And I know a lot of people that can't fight when they're drunk. And shit, you see enough on YouTube. Weed, in my opinion, and psychedelics, depending on how much you take and depending on who you are and depending on what you know, weed and psychedelics, I think, bring out shit. You know, kind of on subject, but off subject as well. So, I've felt something before whenever I was on acid or shrooms or something. You ever felt like you kind of have like an ultra instinct thing going on? To where like Only your at certain senses times. are kind of like heightened for a second. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like for instance, whenever I'm on acid, or one time when I was on acid, I've tried to do it many times, but can't replicate it. But one time, I could literally put, like, a penny all the way up to my eye. You know how, like, the closer you get to something, it gets blurry, and then you can't really make out what it is? My eye was dilating in order for me to be able to see what was close to my eye, and I could literally, like, zoom in with my eye to whatever I was looking at. It was, like, a centimeter away from it. And I could see the little dimples, the little scratches, and the grooves in the surface on the penny and shit. Like, it's... Yeah, guys, uh... Insane. Acid is an insane drug, but, uh, that's the, that's the end of Weed of the Week. We're going to step more back into the UFC. But, guys, what we want to talk about now, we've talked about it. We already talked about who we think is going to win. The fight is tomorrow. I highly recommend you tune in because it is going to hopefully be the fight of the night. But, guys... We're going to stick with the whole drug things. We're going to go into UFC, and we're going to talk about UFC fighter on drugs. Now, there is something I have brought up to Tim. There is something I brought up to his brother. And I have brought it up a couple other times. And I truly, truly want to know, what do you guys think it would be like if two UFC fighters... You, okay, you know how before the fight, they're in their corners. And the ring people are, you know, putting in their mouth guard form, getting their shoulders all rubbed up and everything. They're stretching. What about if before that bell rang, before they touched gloves, they were juiced with adrenaline? So, I feel like if you were to inject just one UFC fighter no, before both, a fight... No, both of no, them. No, I, I know. Oh, okay. But if you were to just juice up one fighter before a fight, they'd be so fucked on adrenaline, they wouldn't feel pain. Like, they would literally not feel pain at all. Their oh, yeah. heart would be just fucking pumping and And that's, pumping. like, the point. They, they're not going to feel that much pain, and they're going to have so much adrenaline so, energy. So I think a person pumped up on that much adrenaline might fucking destroy somebody. But two people on adrenaline. Have you ever seen the Diego Sanchez versus fucking Clay Guida fight? Yes. Where they just fucking scrap. Oh, and just, it's bloody. That's what it would look like. That's literally what it would be. Just fucking pumped up on adrenaline, just beating the fuck out of each other, dude. Now, now what about if they opened a division, and it was called, uh... <clears throat> who? And it was called Experimental MMA. And what they did was, each fight, they would pick a different drug to give the UFC fighter. Like, one time it would be acid, shrooms, DMT, uh, adrenaline, ketamine, uh, shit like that. Or have them smoke like a pack of cigarettes. Like right before the fight. Right before the fight. And then another would be like weed or fucking... Uh, salvia. Salvia. <laughs> that would Shit be like a funny one. Well, the only, well, I guess the only problem with D&T and salvia is that it doesn't last that long. So you wouldn't really get a full length fight. Okay, that's why you gotta drink ayahuasca <laughs> then fight. <laughs> I wonder how nuts it would get. I feel like on a psychedelic, they'd be fighting, and then halfway through the fight, they'd be like on the ground trying to choke each other. And one dude would be like, "Why are you choking me?" The other right. guy's just like, "Yeah, why am I choking you? We can be doing a lot better things. Let's let's. Well, I'm hungry. Can we just get out of here? Hey guys, we're uh, we're leaving. What the fuck just happened, Joe? Other dude just like, hey, before we leave, bud. See that fucking teddy bear up there? I could just, Joe Rogan, <laughs> fucking announce, just, I know exactly what's going on here, folks. I have a podcast. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> Check me out on JRE. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I always thought it'd be interesting to see fighters on adrenaline. Like, that would be a fucking bloodbath. Could you imagine pride on adrenaline? 
straight up old time pride fighting brought back and they Would are just Would it be really juiced. any different? Back in those days, they weren't tested or anything. Well, that's like they fucking. That's true. They were but, already ruined. But they would up. have medicated fucking adrenaline, like fucking that government motherfucking shit, injected into them, and then you just have a I fucking like brawl. At a certain point, wouldn't you have a heart attack? I don't know. It's government shit. They don't have to do that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just a pill they have to take to counteract the heart attack that comes with the fucking juice. <laughs> so that ring would look like a fucking pool no, of blood. No, now take that what you just said. Take Demetrius Johnson, fucking just two syringes full right to the fucking neck, just, fucking, <laughs> <laughs> just right before a fight. He's already fast. Take, take John Dodson. <laughs> two syringes right to the fucking jugular. Guys, what's funny about <laughs> this is those are the two fastest UFC fighters. And, like, two of the smallest UFC fighters. Like, they are well. tiny, and when they punch... Those guys can punch you six times before the other dude can blink twice. And he's just mm. like, what the fuck just happened? Just punched you out, bro. So, imagine those two <laughs> fucking juiced up. Fucking. Dude would just be sitting there doing fucking some, like, Wing Chun straight punches. <laughs> 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 just did he just punch a hole in his heart? Just, yeah, right through the chest. Wow, is he still alive? <laughs> Adrenaline. Adrenaline is really fucking crazy. Actually, guys. Um. All right, so this is a little fucking dark, but here is how crazy adrenaline is, and I. Viewers, beware when I say this. <laughs> adrenaline is so fucking crazy. You can literally cut out a person's heart. Not fully, but out of their chest. Just like plop it out a little bit and then start gutting them. Uh, guys, viewers, beware. You can start fucking gutting them. You can cut off pieces of their fucking face, like cut their neck open and everything. But if you attach them to adrenaline, they will stay alive for a long time. And guys, we only know this because the internet is fucked up. Yeah, we have seen some very fucked up videos. And Chaotic was a website that I don't know if I can truly watch anymore. It just, it gets crazy. So... But the beauty of Chaotic was, like, it just, it shows you random videos. It has you, it has everything. And when we talk about Cartel doing some horrific things to people, those videos are horrific. But, the reason we bring that up is as horrible as that is, that's a little image of how strong adrenaline is. Connect those to two fast-ass motherfucking UFC fighters, and you are going to get a show. Like, you're going to get two people who can't fucking be knocked out. You're literally going to see <laughs> Zohan shit. Just, did you just kick me with both your feet? <laughs> Same time. Smell it. Smell it. Now take it. Pop, pop. You know what I've always wanted to see? Someone straight up get Bam Margera-style double kick to the fucking chin in UFC. It's like their last resort. They're fucking losing. They're like, I got to pull out all the stops. Full on sprints at the dude, just both feet pop. <laughs> That'd we, be call, we call this the human dart. <laughs> we call this the last resort. <laughs> I have no other fucking option but to kick you with both feet. One foot wasn't working. <laughs> you get a spinning flip kick. <laughs> oh, guys, man. Yeah, that's a, no. okay. a show. You know what? Here's a good question. How well do you think Johnny Knoxville would do in the UFC if he actually knew how to fight? Like, take him right now and just give him martial arts experience from, like, just anybody out like, of, that's out of really all, good at fighting. Out of all the jackass people, you have your two notorious fucking people on taking the most pain, and that is Steve-O and Johnny Knoxville. But in my opinion, Johnny Knoxville can take the most pain. Now, Steve O did one of the nastiest fucking, not nasty. I mean, no, he's done some nasty ass fucking shit. But that hook to his face, it's fucking crazy. Oh, hardcore, it was metal. Johnny Knoxville has taken some fucking kicks from a bull, and still goes back to work. So J- Johnny Knoxville took a riot, took took riot pellets to the fucking face at point blank range almost, and just like. Woo! Go lap that off real quick. No, he was in some pain, but he went back up and did it again. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. So, you give Johnny Knoxville five years, three years to just train. 
talking. He just like, uses his by money. Like, by, like, Michael Jai White, too. Like, give him a good You know what? Coach. You want to give him that? That's fine. I think even giving him a regular UFC uh, trainer, just in general, giving him someone, which Michael Jai White would be a fucking perfect candidate, it would give him someone to train for three years just not doing movies, not doing anything. He's just training. And that then is, put him up against Nate Diaz. Um, the whole... <laughs> okay, so we got two people who don't like to be knocked out. <laughs> two people who can handle some fucking pain. But I think Johnny Knoxville can handle more pain. I just think Nate, Nate Diaz has one of the strongest chins in the world. Closest Johnny Knoxville has ever been to being knocked out. No, he got Didn't knocked, he get knocked out, out and was still conscious. Literally wild knocked out. Ain't that fucking nuts? He fought Butterbean, right? No, yeah, that was just... Or was that Ryan Dunn? Uh, Ryan, Ryan Dunn, Dunn fought, fought the, the kickboxer. Yeah, that chick, and then... Yeah, so, I mean, Johnny Knoxville's already fucking knows what it would feel like to get hit by something. Butterbean... Butterbean's a cheap motherfucker, but even without those fucking bricks in his goddamn gloves, that dude hits you, you know you've been hit. That he will fucking floor you like no, a semi. No, no, he hits you so hard you don't know you've been hit. And just what happened? Where am I? Who am I? What year is it? Just who's this big motherfucker in the ring with me? Hey, can you get out of the ring? You're scaring me. I'll fuck you <laughs> up. I'll fucking beat your ass. He's like, bro, I just knocked you stupid. <laughs> What's your name? I don't know, but I'll fuck you up. <laughs> Pop, how did I get here? Who are you? Who's <laughs> <was> my parents? <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Knoxville got hit by that. And yeah, he went down. He got fucking split. But guess what? He still did stunts after that. I think Johnny Knoxville learning how to fight would fucking honestly do good. I think it'd be surprising. So, like, I think Steve-O or, like, Johnny Knoxville, give them 10 years of UFC fighter experience. Just put it in their fucking brain. Just boom. You have that experience. Like, your body's hardened also. All that. Well, they're already hardened. And then, put him in a ring. Johnny Knoxville? Yeah, you ain't knocking him out. No. You're just not. You're going to hit him in the nuts and he's going to laugh. Wouldn't that be fucking nuts? Just Johnny Knoxville, the new pound-for-pound reigning UFC champion. What is this world? Are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) They call him the anal capsizer. Steve God, Johnny Knoxville. With a record of 71 and 0. <laughs> Johnny Knoxville, just Joe Rogan, just them dude boys. <laughs> At it again. <laughs> no, but I could see Johnny Knoxville being a nightmare in the octagon <laughs> if he knew how to fight. Well, guys, fuck every one of you. This is all the fuck we got for you. Honestly, this is all the fucking time we have. Fuck Tim over here. Oh, fuck. Hey, hey. Hey, listen here. Listen. Look at me. Look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. Look me in... John... Hey, look me in the... John... Hey! Right here, bud. Eyes are up here. Okay, cocksucker. Alright, listen here, you dick smacker. What? Fucking meat stuffer. Yeah. Uh, what? Fudge pack. Fudge pack. Fudge. You like fudge, don't you? Looking hey, in the listen. eyes now. John... Oh, god damn it. You <laughs> <laughs> fucking motherfucker. John Jones, guys, is going to win. We want to solidify that. It's going to be a good fucking fight. Y'all should tune in. This is all we have for you. Uh, I'm your host, JC, if you forgot. And I am your co-host with the most, Tim. <laughs> hey guys, this is the glitches from our sick minds of yours. Hope John Jones wins. Peace out.